The VC-20B flight was somewhat lacking in amenities. The food consisted of sandwiches and an undistinguished wine. But the seats were comfortable, and the ride smooth enough that everyone slept until the wheels and flaps came down at RAF Northolt, a military airfield just west of London. As the USAF G-4 taxied to the ramp, John remarked on the age of the buildings. Spitfire base from the Battle of Britain, Stanley explained, stretching in his seat. We let private business jets use it as well. We'll be back and forth out of here a lot then, Ding surmised at once, rubbing his eyes and wishing for coffee. What time is it? Just after eight local. Zulu time too, isn't it? Quite, Alistair confirmed with a sleepy grunt. Just then the rain started, making for a proper welcome to British soil. It was a hundred-yard walk to the reception building, where a British official stamped their passports and officially welcomed them to his country before going back to his breakfast tea and newspaper. Three cars waited outside, all of them black Daimler limousines, which headed off the base, then west, and south for Hereford. This was proof that he was a civilian bureaucrat, Clark told himself in the lead car. Otherwise, they'd have used helicopters. But Britain wasn't entirely devoid of civilization. They stopped at a roadside McDonald's for Egg McMuffins and coffee. Sandy snorted at the cholesterol intake. She'd been chiding John about it for months. Then she thought about the previous night. John? Yes, honey? Who were they? Who, the guys on the airplane? He looked over and got a nod. Not sure. Probably Basque separatists. It looked like they were after the Spanish ambassador, but they screwed up big time. He wasn't aboard, just his wife. They were trying to hijack the airplane? Yep, they sure were. Isn't that scary? John nodded thoughtfully. Yes, it is. Well, would have been scarier if they were competent, but they weren't. An inner smile. Boy, did they ever pick the wrong flight. But he couldn't laugh about it now, not with his wife sitting next to him, on the wrong side of the road, a fact that had him looking up in some irritation. It felt very wrong to be on the left side of the road, driving along at eighty miles per hour? Damn! Didn't they have speed limits here? What'll happen to them? Sandy persisted. There's an international treaty. The Canadians will ship them back to the States for trial. Federal court. They'll be tried, convicted, and imprisoned for air piracy. They'll be behind bars for a long time. And they were lucky at that, Clark didn't add. Spain might well have been a little more unpleasant about it. First time in a long time something like that happened. Yep, her husband agreed. You had to be a real dolt to hijack airplanes, but dolts, it appeared, were not yet an endangered species. That was why he was the sixth of an organization called Rainbow.